you like Grant Fisher, I told him I'd give this shout out, but he just came out with a new podcast called The Half Step Pod. He's doing it with a former teammate of his, Connor Lane, and a really good listen behind the scenes action of what it's like to be a professional. Welcome back to another episode of the Half Step Pod. Intro take two. I am your co-host, Connor Lane, across from me, Grant Fisher. Grant, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, man. Yeah, take one wasn't good. We messed up and accidentally let some curse words slip, so we had to, to scrap that. But uh, yeah, man, I'm doing well. Uh, posted up at, at the crib. Um, and uh, yeah, just had some nice dinner, did my dishes, and time to report record a little pod. So um, yeah, man, exciting times out here in Portland. They seem wild now. <laughs> yeah, uh, wild what, what night. Do you, what do you, yeah. A wild night. <laughs> a wild Thursday. This is this is quite the event. Sorry it's later in the week. I guess we should probably nail down like a set day. We're going to try to release these. But this is week one of spring quarter for me, so I'm still trying to figure out when I have free time and when I don't. Uh, you're preparing for the big old altitude camp here in a little bit, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we uh, actually got official word today of our altitude dates. So I'll be heading up on the 5th, um, the 5th of April. I guess depending on when you listen to this, it, it might not make sense. But the 5th of April. It might have already happened. Yeah, yeah, honestly. It could be, it could be a year from yeah. now. Who knows? The 5th of April, 2021, uh, we will be heading to <laughs> Park City. Uh, one of my favorite spots for altitude camps. This will be my third time up there. Um, really excited. Uh, when we go up, we rent really big houses um, and pack a bunch of people in the team. Big houses. Yeah. I, Just mansions, if you will. I mean, they are kind of mansions. Park City, there's there's some money in Park City uh, if you've never <laughs> been there. But I think there'll be eight or nine people in our house. Um but this place is big enough that everyone will get their own bedroom. Um, oh, my goodness. The place we're staying at has two kitchens. Uh, so this is bougie, the bougiest of the bougie uh, Park City ski resort uh, cabin, if you will. Um, so always fun going up there. It's actually still ski season, apparently. So there might be snow up there still. Yeah, snow on the ground. Is that going to be? Uh, probably won't be on like trails and stuff. Or could there be? I don't know the first thing about it. There very well could be, because um, we stay pretty high up. Um, and the place is a little over eight thousand feet, so I would imagine there'll be snow even up there, because the mountain isn't that much higher than that. So, yeah, might have to drive down towards uh, Salt Lake for some runs when we first get up there. But um, Park City's so pretty. I'm I'm really excited. I was I was gonna ask when you're talking about the amount of roommates, not not to completely put you on the spot, but also to do exactly that. <laughs> uh, you've been out to camps before. Who is your favorite person on the team to room with Ooh. or live with? So to offend everyone else. So the only person I've actually shared a room with would be Woody. Um, that was my very first camp with the team. I I flew up to Park City and moved in with Woody, um, and we shared a room. And uh, there are some good stories. I, we might have to dedicate an entire pod to some Woody stories. Uh, or maybe I can have him on here. Um, he, he's a podcaster. Yeah, he, so he I mean, does have a, a rival pod. Um, so might might have him come on as a guest because my first impressions with Woody are, were pretty funny. Um, and <laughs> my first couple of days living with him were, were pretty uh, 
people bring them up still. There's, there's just some really funny stories. So maybe we'll save those for, for a future pod. If we can convince Woody to, uh, to, to come over to, to us, the, the rivals, um, and, and share some of them. But, um, I don't know. Sean's pretty easy to live with just cause I've known him for so long. Um, mm-hmm. I lived with him for some summers in college, uh, while we were training and, um, I've been in the same altitude house with him a few times. He's pretty easy going, cooks some good stuff, makes a nice, uh, beet salad, which, beets, uh, dude, beets are important. <laughs> Our team just thrives on beets and beet juice. DJ got a pack on Amazon the other day. He's pounding that stuff. It's a, or do you, do you also subscribe? You know, you were on the team when uh, our nutritionist came by and originally told us about beets, right? Yeah. Or was that the year after you left? Uh, I think I was still there. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of documented benefits from beets. Um, I think it's variable. Like some, some of the research stuff I've seen, like you have to eat a lot of beets to get some of those benefits. So some of those like more concentrated versions are, seem to be a little more practical. Um, but yeah, Sean makes a mean beet salad, which I think he stole the recipe from Elise, maybe. Um, so Elise might get the credit there. We're going to have to get to the bottom yeah. of that one, too. I, actually, sorry, not to ramble, but I think my favorite person to live with so far has been Kieran. Because Kieran just whips up that that Thai cuisine. and uh, Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah, I feel like when I was living with him this past camp, um, Sounds me and Sean were just like, Hey Kieran, you want to cook tonight? Like every night. <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah, just let me go to like the Asian grocer and get like all the special sauces and stuff. And we're like, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> He's like the rookie on the team kind of right. Yeah. So you gotta, you know, if you, if you want him to cook, does he just have to do it? What's the deal there? Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe a little bit. I mean, he's a good chef. I, he does, he does a good job. He's fueling us. Right. So yeah, Kieran might be my number one actually. Dang, well, that is, that's the key to your heart. It seems like yeah, some nice food. <laughs> Best roommates cook for you. <laughs> so you leave for altitude camp on the fifth, but uh, this past week in Portland, how how was that training wise? Uh, team workouts, all that stuff. No Instagram workouts this week that I saw, at <laughs> least, or did, I don't know if I missed it. But uh, how, how was everything for you? Yeah, no, we haven't exposed any workouts this week. Um, but yeah, it was it was an all right week. Um, to, to cycle back a bit, it is Thursday right now. So on Sunday, we were long running and I was just about 90 minutes into my long run and my calf kind of started grabbing a bit, um, kind of like, almost like a cramp, kind of where, uh, like, I guess, lateral soleus, right, right before it like tucks under the gastroc. Um, just started grabbing a bit and I've had stuff like that before. Um, so I knew the feeling and like what damage I can cause by like continuing to run on it. So I kind of shut it down, took, uh, took Monday easy. I only went like 35 minutes, which, um, I think we'll get into more in a second, but I think that was a mistake running Monday. Um, ended up taking Tuesday off from the workout just to not hammer the calf. Cause we were doing some pretty quick stuff. Um, and have been building back, getting treatment and, um, should be all good to work out again on Friday tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I've been a week filled with treatment and, uh, focus on the calf. So, um, can be kind of annoying when these things pop up, but it is what it is. That's, that's what training is about. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you've kind of dealt with stuff in this area before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have really tight ankles. Um, and I think those create 
a lot of issues for me. Um, I, they are beneficial in some way. I think I derive a certain amount of efficiency from having tight ankles and, and stiff feet. Um, but with that comes a little extra load on the Achilles, the calf, um, and, and areas like that. So, um, yeah, this past winter, right, right after Christmas, I tweaked a similar area and had to take like two weeks off, um, just to get the whole thing to calm down. Uh, I was down in Texas at the time and, uh, it was Christmas, so there weren't like a ton of options to get treatment. Um, but ended up getting in and, and getting someone to look at it and fix me up. So, um, that was good, but yeah, this is just a problem area for me, an area that I have to like really stay on top of, even when things aren't feeling bad. Um, yeah, my, my soleuses or my soli I don't know what the plural would be there, uh, tend to give me some, some issues. Um, so yeah, this was, this was nothing new, but I did have some comfort in like knowing how to deal with it this time, like knowing what I respond best to. Well, just, yeah, well, just talking about, I guess you said Monday, maybe running 35 wasn't a good idea. Why do you think it's just too soon? Like maybe complete rest would have been better for the bod that day or like, what, what do you kind of look back on now? Just a few days later. I thought I had caught it quick enough on Sunday and didn't run on it as it was like cramping and grabbing like that. Um, that I didn't damage it that much. Like it was just kind of a, a one-off thing. Um, but I think I damaged it a little more than I thought. Like not, not that I like tore it or anything, but, um, there's definitely some residual soreness and tightness that I ran just, yeah, just like five miles on Monday. And I think I would have gotten more out of just like taking the day off rather than like running on it. Cause Tuesday it was still like quite sore, um, and ended up not working out and, I probably still wouldn't have worked out Tuesday, but the amount of fitness that I maintained or gained from that 35 minute run was probably, uh, like really not worth it that much. You know, like if I, if I had really blown it up on Monday, like I, I didn't like destroy it on Monday or anything or make or set myself back too much, but I wish I were a little more cautious. Well, that, that's, that's interesting you say that. Cause I feel like I've kind of picked up on a similar thing as someone coming out of kind of a longer period of injury when I watch teammates or friends kind of go through a little bump in the road you see that a lot where like you do a you know a long run or a workout and then you just go down the next day but you're still running on it and I I often wonder about I mean sometimes it's totally fine it's not like every time that you uh you're in this situation where you feel something kind of a little bit discomfort you uh need to completely shut it down but I often I feel like when you haven't been injured in a long time, you see 35 minutes as like, oh, it's off. You know, it's, it's basically just like <laughs> off and it's not off. And especially as someone, I mean, yeah, you might be more accustomed to 35 minutes being closer to off because you're running, you know, however many miles per week, but it's not off. It's still, you know, you're still putting in like five to six miles. And, um, especially when something is inflamed, like you said, at the end of a long run, like towards the end of it, you, then you don't, you, you give it like less than a full day and go again. It, it's probably pretty tough to gauge it and make sure it's like already back to being completely fine. It's, it's a really difficult thing. Cause you don't just want to take random days off when you, when you, when something locks up briefly or something. But, uh, I I've, I've noticed that too. I feel like a lot of times people like, Oh, it's a one day fix or sometimes not even a full day off initially. Um, and that, yeah, you almost wonder like, okay, if Monday was off and then Tuesday was, was 
more like a 35 even like building in that way would have been a little smoother and you know the other thing is we're still really close to this like i'm sure that the workout tomorrow will go great but like you know it's it's, it's sometimes things you continue to deal with yeah yeah and i mean running monday like i kind of got away with it like nothing bad happened but I, I probably delayed the recovery a little bit. Like, honestly, I wouldn't even consider this an injury. Like, this is just a little a little bump on the road to work through. But um, For sure. there was definitely a, a risk running Monday that I, like, had the thing grab again. And as it was in this just, like, aggravated, inflamed state, had a little more, like, micro-tearing and stuff that set me back a little more. So I got away with it. Um, but looking back, I was kind of like, I probably shouldn't have done that should have just like chilled been a little more like conservative and um it was good like talking to jerry before the workout too he was like you know is this thing 100 percent good like are you thinking about it do you feel it and i was like well yeah um and like maybe i could muscle through it but we agreed like just just skip the workout you know totally not worth it you know um yeah let, let's talk about that because the most important thing for me, one of the most important things for me in a coach is having someone else to fall back to, to help make that call. Um, like he seems like he did it in a really systematic way. Coach Santos is similar. I remember coach Milt was similar where it's like, Hey, like when it's just, sometimes when it's just the runner making the decision, I know for myself, a lot of times and you maybe haven't has had as extensive of an injury history, but I'm sure you've dealt with this where you're kind of on the fence as to whether or not you should go um we're all pretty type a or pretty motivated people and it's oftentimes really hard to say okay you know what i'm not gonna work out say i'm gonna pull the plug on my own and you probably still would make the right decision you know you're older you're a pro you've you've been here but it's so much more helpful mentally at least for me and i don't know if you find it this way as well when you can kind of be like yeah this is this is how i feel or yes like i'm answering your questions and then they're able to kind of take that weight off your shoulders and be like hey i agree with you this is the wrong decision to work out today um let's push it back or let's let's skip this one i don't know how you feel about that for me that's always a huge like relief of burden yeah no i i certainly agree like when i was in high school when i was in college like i do think the coach their role is more like to hold the athlete back in a lot of situations like make those decisions to not push when like an eager college kid or an eager high schooler is going to want to push all the time and like get the most and like might think that taking a day off a week off two weeks off will just like derail everything but sometimes it's what you need and sometimes it's nice like as the athlete to be like you know coach is making me do this you know yeah exactly um, <laughs> and not like put it on yourself like it doesn't feel as like detrimental to your fitness i guess when somebody else makes the decision um that being said since since being a pro jerry is a little like a little more neutral on it you know he has his opinion um, and the athlete has their opinion and you kind of come to a conclusion together. Mm. Um, essentially because, you know, some of these people on my team have been running for 15 years. I mean, Lopez has been a pro for almost 15 years. Like people know their body and know what they're feeling. And similar to me talking about my, my history with like my soleus, like I know the feelings of like when I tweak it or like when I tear it a little bit. Or, or not tear a little bit, but when I strain it and different timelines that I've had to take, like I've had stuff with my calf where it takes three days to go away. I've had stuff where it takes three weeks to go away. It's just hard to tell. And like a coach can't really feel those 
feelings that, that you have, like the sensations and how something actually feels. So the, the current situation I'm in with Jerry, like it's a lot more back and forth and the athlete has a lot more say in like holding themselves back, which is a bit of an adjustment coming from college where like Coach Milt was a little more hands-on in, in like shutting you down if, if you thought, you know, there was too much risk. Yeah, no, I mean, that's super insightful. I personally, I feel like that's a place I've had to kind of move towards with my injury history um, coming out of currently. I mean, my dude, you talk about soleus. I can, I can tell you about some soli <laughs> as well, because I've had a lot of like top of Achilles soleus issues um, that extended just for a time much longer than I thought. I mean, similar to, I guess, you being in Texas over winter break, me being at home for a lot of the COVID cycle without access to treatment here at Stanford was super difficult in terms of health um, when dealing with something. And yeah, I feel like something I've had to learn in large part been forced to just because I was at home for a lot of break is you've got to make sure you can gauge yourself. And I'll, I'll, I, do, I do feel like what you're saying is crucial. It's, it's a crucial step at that next level when you're a pro. Cause I mean, I would assume, I guess, I don't know, maybe, maybe you do, but other pro groups might be even less, you might have an even less hands-on coach than Jerry when it comes to evaluating injuries. Uh, right. Or yeah, if you want to do it on your own in any capacity, you, you need to be able to be more honest with yourself. I feel like that's been an adjustment I've tried to work on through college because, I mean, you're exactly right. You want your coach to be able to kind of coach you and, and take a lot of your thought out of it, but at the same time, no one else knows how you feel. <laughs> um, at any of these, no one else can truly tell you how you feel or, or, or how bad something is um, like right away or in that interval that you need to know it in. So yeah, it, it does seem like it's critical to be able to make those calls for yourself. It's something that as I've gotten older, and dealt with my fair share of injuries, I've uh, I've also kind of come to try to realize, and I think I'm now going to be putting it to the test as I'm back to like healthily training. You know, I, I just yeah, it's it's so critical, and, and and there's a lot of really talented high school kids, um, a lot of really talented college kids who yeah, faced with injury, it's just a whole different ballpark of things. Now, I mean, like like you said, this isn't an injury. I <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't classify what you're currently <laughs> going through as some. I don't know if you've had. Um, I mean, I know at Stanford, you didn't really have an extensive injury history. I don't know if like, I guess you were talking about one of the earlier altitude camps in Colorado, uh, before we went on, like dealing with stuff, I guess it's all been kind of like lower leg for you or something, or if you want to dive deeper into what that was. Yeah. Um, before, before I say that, I do want to shout out Austin sports therapy. Those are the guys that ended up got, getting me in, uh, around Christmas time. So shout out to them. I think, I think they saw me on like new year's Eve, um, oh, wow. which was clutch. Yeah, yeah, so really cool of them. Um, but yeah, most of my stuff has been, yeah, lower leg, below the knee. Um, yeah, like backside, so calf, Achilles, uh, that area. Um, yeah, my one of my first camps was in Woodland Park, Colorado. And uh, before going up there, I kind of tweaked my Achilles when I was home. I was working out uh, at my old middle school track um grand blank east high school or grand blank east middle school sorry shout out them what's their mascot yeah uh we were the bobcats shout out bobcats yeah and um yeah i kind of i tweaked my achilles a little bit and hadn't i hadn't had achilles issues before that and went to altitude camp and was kind of like trying to run through it um and developed like a strong crepitus uh which is kind of like a creaking almost sensation in the achilles uh 
If anyone's ever had that, like you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, it, this probably sounds weird. I've but never heard that it, word. It it almost feels like a creaky door. Okay. You know, like like kind of sticking like that. Yeah. And you can feel like almost a fluid built up that's inhibiting a lot of motion, um, and it's kind of painful. Um, <laughs> So I had that and uh, was in a new place. I'd never been to Woodland Park before trying to get treatment and uh, didn't really know how to handle it. Like was new to the team and was unsure of myself, like in a way kind of wanted to prove myself still, like prove that I like belonged on the team and like was good and like could hang with the big guys. And um, so kind of kind of made it worse, like wasn't super smart on the front end and yeah and mentally like for your mental state you're at altitude too where like you're there to run right so was that yeah. also a difficult part of it oh yeah i mean i wanted to run so bad you know <laughs> and yeah when you're at an altitude camp like it's it's a it's a business trip to get fit you know like you're there to run you're there's not really much else to do um in woodland park besides like train and run. And I couldn't do that. No offense, I couldn't even like cross Colorado. train. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I couldn't really like cross train for a little while and I uh, didn't really know what was wrong with it just cause these were new things. And um, the Olympic training centers down there and was trying to like get in to see doctors there. Um, but ended up getting to see a doctor um, associated with the Olympic training center. And I got a, uh, an ultrasound on it which I had never gotten an ultrasound before, but um, I was uh, in his office, like really concerned about this Achilles thing. It was quite painful, inflamed, had the crepitus. I was hoping that I didn't like partially tear my Achilles or whatever. The crepitus. And so the crepitus, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm laying on my stomach and the guy puts a little jelly stuff on my Achilles and is running the, the little wand over my Achilles. Yeah. And he's looking at the screen and I can't see the screen or, or see anything really. And all of a sudden I just hear him go, Oh shit. And I'm laying there and I'm like, what, what, like what's going on? And he's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, what, tell me, tell me what happened. And he's like, I haven't seen that in a really long time. And I, I'm like, I'm like almost flipped around on the table. I'm like, dude, like you can't. You're done, bro. You're done. Is that what yeah. You like, it? yeah. Am I done? Like, is it severed? Like what's going on? Is it severed? I, <laughs> I can't he, feel it. And he points at the screen. And so I flip over and I look at the screen. He's like, you see that? And honestly, I just saw like a blur. Like, yeah, he could have shown yeah, me an yeah. ultrasound. He could have shown me an ultrasound of a baby. And I would have, I would have known <laughs> like what I was looking at. I just see like this grainy black and white thing. And he's like, you see that? And I'm like, uh-huh. And he's like, no, <laughs> like stop lying. Um, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you have a accessory muscle. Uh, that runs next to your Achilles. And I was like, what do you, what's an accessory muscle? And apparently I have a accessory plantaris muscle uh, that runs kind of the length of my calf. Um, and he told me it only is present in about 5% of the population. Um, and its role is like increased plantar flexion. So <laughs> really, really useful for running. Are you kidding me right um, now? <laughs> no, I'm completely serious. Um, and so, yeah, apparently I have an extra muscle in my calf. Um, <laughs> wait, and, wait, wait. And, this, <laughs> and this extra muscle was, uh, it, it kind of attaches up near your knee um, and then runs the length of your calf. 
and then comes next to your Achilles. And then I think it inserts like near your calcaneus somewhere. But the issue is that that muscle was rubbing and inflamed and uh, it was rubbing against the sheath that covers your Achilles tendon. The Achilles sheath, so I, if you will. Yeah, yeah I know about yeah, the that, sheath. bad boy. Yeah, yeah. So my sheath was all inflamed and this plantaris thing this accessory plantaris Wait, was yeah, the every, everyone has a plantaris plantaris yeah yeah right? like that no I'm, okay oh yeah plantaris i don't even know how to say it. no a plant i think plantaris. you're right but some pt people are gonna get mad at us but plantaris yeah, tammy's yeah. listening to this i'm sorry um yeah. but everyone has that because i've gotten like needled and massaged before for sure right so this isn't just that this is a separate no no I, i've got another one I'm like, okay, so if you Google like why is Grant Fisher fast, if someone would transcribe this conversation, how much of this how much of your success can we attribute to this? I'm I'm back on that front. Like is it seventy, eighty <laughs> percent? That that's actually an interesting question because um actually today I was talking with uh Sean and Evan about my accessory plant terrace because one does. our <laughs> our uh our PT, Colleen Little, who's great by the way, shout out Colleen. Um, was working on my calf and uh, Evan was talking about his calf that he was having like some pain in a certain spot and he pointed to it kind of where it attaches to your knee this accessory plantaris and Colleen was like you might have the the extra muscle and Evan got all excited and Sean came over and he's like you have it too because Sean Sean wants to have it Um, can he grow it it, I don't think so I think it's just genetic oh it's almost Um, certainly not growable yeah yeah i it would be interesting to see if like one of my parents has it or my siblings have yeah it how, how it genetically goes or if it's just purely yeah yeah and another thing we talked about like is it'd be interesting to see if the percentage of professional runners that has this accessory muscle is higher than like the general population percentage that has the muscle to see like if it's self maybe it is correlated yeah, yeah it, is it yeah. correlated to like how quickly you advance through the ranks of running and like become a pro like is this thing that advantageous or is it just kind of like there yeah it's like it's part of the origin story right every kid who played middle school and high school soccer and got cut and went to running and was good at it also has this plantary accessory muscle or something yeah. Yeah, how, how much how much does it yeah that that's super interesting how many good runners just don't even know they have this but it's part i mean also Dude, we'd have to actually, before we go too far down the rabbit hole, we'd have to identify if this actually helps you. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, maybe it helps nominally, but, like, if it helps you compared to other stuff. Um, I guess we're out here saying, like, yo, this is why. And it's clearly yeah. not why. Um, I mean, it could be contributing. I'm I mean, sure I don't know hurting. if, like, well, except for if Sean or Evan has it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess it has, like, it did, it was contributing to my Achilles problems, but... Um, I mean, having an extra muscle for plantar flexion is probably a good thing. Yeah, my planters uh, are stiff as hell. Ultimately. So I'm, 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 everything that's wrong with me, just in case people care, stems from my like right big toe being super stiff. Maybe not everything, <laughs> but that's what Tammy and I have basically agreed upon at this point. And uh, running through that, like through the planter, like that being stiff and then pulls on like lower leg stuff and uh, and just kind of upward from there. So you, you get a lot of like pinballing where I actually get hurt because I kind of, especially earlier on in college, like ran through initial baseline feelings of pain or stiffness or soreness. So sometimes it, you know, it might catch you in like the right hip or like a sacral once, unfortunately, or, you know, like the left Achilles, even if it's the right big toe, but 
it seems like a lot of the root just in flexibility stems from uh for me a really stiff right big toe so yeah i i have exercises that are supposed to kind of keep me on track with keeping that as loose as i can be and then that also help with like those comp- compensating uh pains that i deal with i so you see this doctor you get the ultrasound is it just basically time off though like what's the solution if achilles stuff i feel like largely is time off and some like shock i mean we do shockwave therapy just some therapy on it right yeah i had some therapy um got a lot of like art style stuff done it done on it um to kind of loosen things up and like honestly kind of hammered that plantaris thing that i discovered in my leg um, <laughs> and loosen that like up like honestly story. yeah yeah um honestly it was like a decent amount of time off i think i ended up taking like three weeks off um and so by the time i like came around and started running again like camp was pretty much over um i think i did like one or two workouts at camp that year uh over the course of like the almost two month long camp um but got it figured out and like was healthy after the camp so was happy with that but a little bit frustrating but yeah kind of a funny story like yeah so it's it's funny like yeah everyone on the team like wants to know if they have it now so i think the only way to find out would be like doing an ultrasound or or some sort of an image um to see if if it exists but yeah kind of kind of interesting kind of weird no that's hilarious that's i feel like that is somehow just yeah meant to be almost in a way that your injury (laughs) would almost reveal something that could actually be a be a big asset i guess not an asset (laughs) in the fact that it was probably what was aggravating your Achilles, but still you know you've been very healthy besides that so perhaps i guess we're just speculating based on results not based on any actual like causation because <laughs> it's hard to know that but yeah 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 if there's any like um human performance people out there someone that knows anatomy super well yeah if, yeah. if this thing is that advantageous like that'd be kind of cool but yeah it, I, I that is the thing i'm most interested in is like how many pro runners have this thing because like if most of the pro runners have it and only 5% of the general population has it, it's like, okay, this thing's probably kind of useful. I I just got to imagine it's not going to be most of the pro runners, right? But if, <laughs> if it somehow is, I mean, that'd be sick. I haven't done, I haven't never even Googled this attachment. I didn't know yeah. it existed until just now. So we got to, we got to do some research and get back to the people of this podcast. Yeah, man. I, uh, all right. Well, I mean, so mo- moving forward, um, how long are you going to be in Park City? And then do you have plans when you come down? Because I know what we talked about in the past is when you come down, you want to race quick, right? Initially, the first, I mean, initially you said, wait, I might be mixing up the altitude camps, but you were going to come down and race the trials like right after that. So is this that camp or are you going to go back up? Uh, that is correct, actually. So this is, this is the beginning of the long push to the trials. Um, yeah, we go up early April will probably drop down early May, um, for some races. Uh, everyone will go to different meets probably depending on if you're looking for a 1500 standard or like a five standard or whatever. What if um, you're just looking to have fun? If you're looking to have fun, um, you could drop down. I know Mount Sac is having a meet early May. Uh, I was potentially looking at that one to drop down for, um, might do a 15 there. Uh, I don't know if there's a 3K. A 3K would be pretty fun. So, um, well, I would, okay, just complete guess here. I would guess that there 
only put or mostly focusing on events that are going to have like trials qualifying times right or like olympic in may of the olympic year but maybe it'll be yeah i think i think most races will probably be that way um yeah wishful thinking maybe on the 3k that might be something like if if i really wanted to set up a 3k it might meet. have to come be to, like come to big meet wait, 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 oh wait, yeah wait. Come to the big meet 3k dude we'll all double back it's gonna yeah be yeah the the legendary big meet um i'm sure yeah, Kyle for, be fine with you running for those that don't know it the big meet is the biggest meet of the year uh it's a <laughs> stanford versus cal dual meet the longest running could consistent like yearly uh track meet i think in the u.s look at that poll i didn't even know that and i'm running in it yeah i, I think that. it is i think it's like i think it's like 120 something years going um correct me on that Wait, anyone well, I mean, if we I'm didn't wrong, have it but... last year but no one did so we're all oh for okay again. well then you ended the streak <laughs> yeah uh, the streak's no over are we all tied for first now everyone's at year one of yeah running meets yeah it's over man the streak's done oh my um, god but yeah, the big meet, I, I would open my season a lot at big meet in college. Uh, it was always really fun, you know, kind of that almost like f- the high school team feel again, where you're really competing as a team. Yeah. Um, other programs might get that at like NCAA track. If you're like Oregon, Arkansas, like A&M, something like that, or Florida, Georgia, where you're competing for a team title in NCAAs. Um, and people are like doubling back and trying to get points through the I mean, team our and conference stuff. Meets, but... dude, my freshman year conference, that's true. That we were second, right? We were pretty close. True. Yeah. Yeah. But this one is like so clear, like one on one, like one team on one team. The like, point system is sick, by the way. Yeah. What is it? Five, three, one. Yeah. So if you win, then your team basically wins the, like, you're going to have a plus in the event, right? If someone, if your Stanford wins, like you get five. So even if Cal goes two, three, you're plus one for the event you know yeah so yeah because second gets yeah. three points and third gets one point yeah but they're all they're all it always seems to come down to the four by four but we try to end it in 3k if we can uh the, that's the <laughs> other thing the, the reason that that's a big the longest running event in the meet is this 3k steeple and then this normal 3k there's no five there's no 10 so there's like a 15 and eight and a 3k in terms of like your distance events and the steeple um and yeah, so it's just this dual meet, uh, which we often have a lot of guys in, you know, each of the events. It's it's a super fun time. But yeah, you should usually do something fun with the hair or the facial hair for big meet. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, the... I, I had a gnarly goatee my senior year. Yeah, we all was, tried to grow goatees. That was, I looked bad, man. I was good, first <laughs> of all. And then second of all, was that the only race that we, I think, ran together? Because I feel like cross, we barely... Oh, no, there was probably a couple of cross races. but like Cross, for sure. Definitely one of the only track races, just because we'd always be off. Like, you did Card Classic 5K, I did Peyton Jordan 5K. Like, we just... Oh, and then, yeah. no, the regional meet. Um, yeah, regionals. Yeah, that one. But other than that, yeah, just not... So, yeah, big meet, 1500, baby. That was a uh, heck of a time. And you came back, just, just to complete... You came back in the 800, and I think... Did you go up the rail on the inside? I yeah, I went for a little inside pass on the eight. We were all watching that, and it was right after the fifteen. And we we're just like, okay. I mean, we know we know Grant is good at running, but is he is he really going to do <laughs> this? And you were starting out towards the back, and then just came up the rail on the inside and won the event. And we were like, hi, right, he's he's like pretty legit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, gotta beat Cal, man. Anything it takes. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so you could do the three. Well, you couldn't do the three K at Big Meat, but you yeah, could I, potentially. I'm out of eligibility, or I've forfeited my eligibility. You forf- yeah, you're not out. I feel like no one's out in the world these days, but you forfeited. <laughs> yeah, 
in order to sign up for a running contract, which who's to say if it was the right decision? Yeah. Is that better than running a big meet? Yeah, <laughs> for that, as like a seventh year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe that Mount Sac race. Um, I know USATF is putting on a ton of meets in May. So drop down for that and then uh, back up to Park City and drop down for the trials. And um, honestly, if if the trials go well and like I were to make the team, I won't be back in Portland until probably like August. Um, just because like we'll do the trials, like anyone that makes the team will probably go straight back to Park City, Park City straight to Tokyo, um, and then after that, there's still a bunch of meets. Um, like it'd be really fun to potentially get into like a diamond league meet or, or something like that and go to Europe. I guess it all depends on travel restrictions and COVID and everything, but, um, yeah, the, the racing season will go on when, okay. Dumb question. Cause I, they were initially going to be in like September, right? When are the Olympics this year? Uh, they're in August. Okay. So they're still in August diamond league. yeah is in diamond league is kind of back right they've yeah, definitely, definitely had some meets yeah um diamond league is back um yeah there's some in may and june and i think they go all the way to september this year um they keep amending the schedule so yeah i'm not positive yeah so i mean even if the trials don't go according like diamond league is probably still or getting over to Europe at some point might still be in the cards, you think? It might be hard yeah. to get in if you don't, I guess, make a team, but I feel like you'd still be able to. For I don't know how all that stuff works, this agents and that kind of thing, or who gets into yeah. which races. But Yeah, it uh, depends on a lot of things, I guess. I've never even been involved in the process, so honestly, I'm not totally sure. The good news is not not stuff that you have to focus on at all <laughs> outside yeah. of like the current, you know, definitely not right now and not for the next little bit here. But yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> so leaving Portland up until the trials uh, on the 5th, you're going to, what is, what are a couple packed essentials? Like what are things that need to go in the bag? First Ooh. things in the bag besides, uh, besides race spikes, of course, what are you, what are you packing? Uh, for sure. The podcast, Mike. that's the second Um, thing in the back got it got it gotta bring the mic um this mic's pretty cheap so it might get damaged during travel hey hey, don't tell them about the quality of our microphones they're so good yeah yeah mike's got to come honestly i've realized that the most important thing to bring on some of these trips are just like ample shoes like a ton of trainers because you burn through them and you don't want to be running on like dead shoes for too long no um and just like a ton of running clothes and way less casual clothes than you think. Like way, way less like nice clothes than, than you like anticipate wearing. Like maybe like one nice outfit, but most of the time you're just like in sweats chilling. Um, this might be different cause I need to account for like potentially being gone for like a couple months now. Um, You'd get a shipment, like, right? Like four months. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd get a ship. I'll get a shipment of Nike stuff coming like probably in the next month or so with just a ton of stuff. So, um, nice. I'll probably just have that delivered to park city. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll need to pack like, yeah, a decent amount of stuff. It's going to be hard, man. Packing's hard. No, I, I always I think it's going to be so quick and then packing takes way longer than either. But yeah, not really any casual clothes though. I feel like that's the same. When you were talking about <laughs> casual clothes, I feel like I did the same thing. I'd pack like, for a bunch of fancy restaurants and we just make food every night and be like, okay, I don't know. I don't know why I packed like any pants. It's, it's August. And yeah. We're yeah. in San Diego. 
yeah that i've made that mistake in previous camps so yeah that yeah crucial for having a camp go well having the the appropriate attire yes looking nice of course the this actually reminds me of did you see the question we got in the dms uh thanks again for people responding i think it was when you were posting some of your shoes it was just it was just an overall this wanted you to break down your shoe game this whole shoe game so my shoe game has improved exponentially since college. Um, is that is partially part of because that being a Nike athlete? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say mostly because I'm now a Nike athlete, um, and shoes are expensive, um, especially like resale prices on sneakers are insane. Um, but thankfully, yeah, I got the Nike plug. Can uh, scoop some some Jordans and some nicer shoes now. So up in my game a bit, I like posting some of the shoes. Um, I, a lot of people respond and like say they like them, so I'll continue doing that, I guess, for the people. What are some um, of your favorites? Do you know? Yeah, you know enough about them uh, to talk us through them. Yeah, yeah. Um, lately, I've been really into Jordan 1s. Um, mm. those, those have been my favorite. Um, my favorite pair right now are probably, I have a pair of Dark Mocha 1s, if anyone knows what they are. They're like white with some black and brown um just really nice put the the white laces in just a, a really clean clean look crispy um, even yeah crisp yeah i'd say they're crispy um but yeah you know stepping up my shoe game it's nothing like evan evan jager has an insane shoe game he's got like uh i think he's posted a picture of it before but he has this wall just like with these shoes like a, a massive rack of shoes that covers his entire wall. I think he has, he said he has like over 70 pairs of just sneakers, um, which is kind of, kind of wild. That's a lot of shoes. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, when you've been doing it, like running for Nike for as long as he has, yeah, it yeah. makes sense, you know? Is that? Um, Cause he, he signed when he was 19. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. He went, he went to the league, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that, so, I mean, I don't even, is this, I don't know if this is even an answerable question, but for like those shoes, right? Like if you're buying a pair of like Jordan ones, are you buying them or are you like, yo, can you hook me up? Is this even, we can cut this from the audio if the people can't. (laughs) No, no, I, um, we have a, uh, I guess, I don't know if this is like NDA stuff if I'm allowed to say this, but I don't directly pay for the shoes. Like, um, they're, and they're not like through the sneakers app or whatever. Um, they're not exactly given to me, but like they come out of like a budget that I have for Nike gear. Okay. I've but heard about we, the budget before, so I don't know. Yeah. If yeah. We'll, we'll make, I don't think that's NDA. This. I think I'm allowed to say that. Um, yeah. I don't know if I feel like that's not that crazy of a thing to, to disclose, but yeah. Um, well, you could just yeah, also you get, just like, you have a budget for the shoes. Yeah. Like, I have a budget Nike. for the, yeah, I have a budget for the shoes and you get like different access. Like you, uh, you don't have like, you don't have to go through the sneakers app and like take an L every single time, like fighting against the, the world plus a thousand bots. The, you know, the, trying the, to non, get these shoes. the non-Nike athletes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a little easier. And yeah, I mean, I've always liked shoes. Like even when I was a kid growing up, um, never really like was, was shelling out the, the cash that I didn't have or like convincing mm-hmm. my parents to shell out the cash for some like Jordans or whatever, but always like them. So it's kind of cool to, to have a little collection now, like especially some of the shoes that I like really liked growing up, but like never had. And now 
like have a pair or whatever it, it's kind of cool dude glowed up you made it are you prepared yeah, to post yeah, a pic <laughs> on on the instagram of the shoes uh, before you maybe, I can while post, you maybe while you're packing or something i don't know i, I can post some shoes um i feel like people are in yeah. the shoes i've got some that i haven't put up um yeah i can post some stuff. just some just yeah just some casual i think yeah. people really have liked that um good okay i feel like the nba yeah, i feel like you're we're not going to get checked out for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, until my contract gets voided for oh this, this episode of the pod. <laughs> Worth it, though. Anything for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're putting a lot on me right now when we, when we go <laughs> advertising in a little bit. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, the, the old anything for the pod measure. Um, no, that, that's, that's exciting. So, yeah, up, at, up, in, uh, up in Park City for a long time here. I don't know, is there anything... Is there anything else major that we should that we should talk about? I guess I mean, don't know if you want to dive into this, but Stanford invite tomorrow and Saturday, uh, outdoor opener for most of our guys, all the guys who raced like nationals, for example, uh, should be good. It's going to be lower key than most years, just with COVID restrictions and and whatnot. A uh, bunch of things contributing to that, but you know, I mean, it's still Stanford in uh, in April. Yeah, Stanford in April is a good place to be. Um, yeah, I'm excited to watch. Um, Sounds like there's a couple good meets going down this weekend. You know, there's the one in Eugene as well, um, kind of uh, breaking in Hayward Field or the new Hayward Field. Is it even still called Hayward Field? Does it is, right? Yeah, they wouldn't have changed that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's still called Hayward Field. But yeah, the new stadium, new track. So that'll be exciting. Uh, some loaded fields up there. And yeah, I'm excited to see uh, Stanford people open up, get on the track. They A lot of the guys had some good cross seasons, so hopefully can... Uh, carry that fitness over to to the track for sure yeah it'll be exciting i'm looking forward to watching them as well i think i'm on a discus duty last time i checked the volunteer sheet as you know <laughs> the uh, the old volunteer sheet for the days you're not racing and if you're not racing for both days um so that should i hopefully i won't die out there in the field while i'm distracted yeah. watching the track yeah, it's better than well. jab duty jab <laughs> duty is dangerous jab duty is dangerous. shop a duty is also tough because you gotta pick i guess you gotta pick up the weights either way but you gotta make sure you're lifting with the legs. Jab duty, you could you could really take an L. I mean, Pete's Pete's crew is obviously the best place to be uh, <laughs> on hurdle setup and steeple setup. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. Um, I've actually never raced Stanford Invite. I would always open up at Big Meet usually. So, um, yeah, if if you're at Stanford and you're not racing at one of these meets, you're on the volunteer crew. So I was often on the uh, hurdle crew or the steeple uh, crew, moving in and out the the barrier. I guess the first barrier that you don't go over the very first lap and then you move it in. Yeah. I had that at Pac-12 when Steven won. I was super excited. I was oh, the cool. first guy to be yeah. out there. I was like, dude, <laughs> you won Pac-12. He was like, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Quite I, the convo. Yeah, yeah just, just giving the people the experience. I don't even know if I said that. I was just super pumped. I, uh, I did, Do you remember this? I had my friend Sam in town from Raleigh and he like was just there and so we... Pete was like, hey, do you want to volunteer? Sam was like, sure. <laughs> so Sam was with me on the first. He'd never done anything at a trap meet since high school before. It had been a few years. And he's with me um, moving the barrier in and out of the way. Like that first barrier where you only have a lap to do it. <laughs> While <laughs> Steven won pack trials, it was a super random thing that happened. Yeah, no, there's, there's more that goes on behind the scenes to put on a track meet, a full track meet, than I knew before volunteering those meets. You know, if it's even if it's just like in the four by four running in and grabbing the blocks out. So the next lap people don't run into the blocks or critical, you know, critical. All, to have all the, vol all the volunteers, you know, 
moving stuff around, all the officials, uh, the announcers, the people on the ground, like getting information for the announcers. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So I've definitely gained a respect for putting on a meet. The logistics of it are kind of brutal. Yeah. And also the Stanford game management crew, we saw them today. They're putting up the big fence. And they're moving a bunch of warm-up equipment into the football stadium because it's going to be like Pac-12s that one year where everyone's warming up in there just because of COVID oh, cool. stuff. So, yeah, shout-out to all those people who are thankful for them. Uh, and I guess we're going to get to be a part of it. Or I guess I'm going to be a part of it in terms of the volunteering side of things uh, tomorrow and Saturday. So, yeah, that'll be good. And, um, trying to, yeah, I raced Stanford Invite twice because I didn't go to Indoor Nationals those years. So. Yeah, I ran fourteen ten in the five my freshman year, and then thirteen fifty nine. That was when Steven paced me, barely under barely under fourteen. I had I had a ham sandwich, and that was the last time I ever did that before a race. I don't know something <laughs> about that. I ate that, and Berg was like, "What do you? Why did you do that?" <laughs> After race, he's like, "What? How could you? How could you eat a ham sandwich?" I was like, "I didn't know. I guess it's like maybe a worse meat pre a worse meat." for a pre-race thing than like turkey or something i don't know if you know any of the science behind that maybe it's like saltier and holds more liquid uh i'd say ham probably sits a little heavier than, than yeah. turkey but i i don't really know it's better though I mean, yeah so i wanted <laughs> to have it i didn't think that far ahead dude that's that's being like a freshman and a sophomore i just didn't know any of that stuff now i do <laughs> turkey is the way to go yeah, I usually go turkey sandwich before a race. Yeah, we're like so like peanut butter bagel if it's well this is me I guess, but peanut butter bagel if it's in like a mid afternoon or morning race and then like if I have to eat again, I'm not gonna eat another peanut butter bagel. So yeah, then like a turkey sandwich <laughs> or something on white bread. That's yeah. perfect. I don't Night, know about you. Night race, I have been going Jimmy John's turkey tom yes, lately. Yeah, no, Jimmy John's whenever we were at yeah. UW, dude, we'd walk down from the hotel to that one that's not on Bay yeah. University app, but it's near there. Um yeah, that, that is Jimmy John's bread, that white bread, just the right consistency, yeah. and then yep. you get a little it's, bit it's of meat. Nice. Yeah, it sits good. It's, these people, we we shout out a lot of people and things on this podcast. <laughs> we gotta. Yeah, we need to start getting paid for this. Man. <laughs> well, no, 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 shouting no, these no, people no, no, out. <laughs> no, you need to start getting paid for this. Oh yeah, yeah, you're in the NCAA. Yes, yeah. not me. I do this for yeah. the love of the game. <laughs> You're yeah. only here for the money, obviously. Yeah. We need to start charging people like 50 cents for a shout-out or something. I think that's probably market rate. <laughs> We're going to start with Josh Freeman because we know he's listening to this. Yeah. My trainer. <laughs> yeah. Josh, if you want another shout-out, it's going to be 50 cents. That's a joke. It's, yeah. it's a prank. I never know. I feel like I should always say that. I don't even know if it would save me. Um, okay, yeah. Well, so Stanford Invite on deck. Anything else? We As always, we uh, went longer than i thought we would which is great because we really didn't have anything super like hard pressed on the schedule do you have any dms for us this week or is this going to be another week of waiting yeah this was a dry week in the dms man <sighs> very dry edging the- got it got a few uh got a bunch of fire emojis back when i posted some shoes but other than that <laughs> you know not a whole lot of content we uh we we did have a lot of good feedback on the on the milrose race that we kind of analyzed last meet a lot of people said they enjoyed that so i think that maybe we can look into one of those for next week or like a newer more recent race maybe one of your races there's a bunch to choose from um i'd love to do any of those so we'll talk more about that offline send us if you have specific races that you remember from grant's past that you want us to talk about maybe even like young ones you know like high school (laughs) um or anything in college or as a pro uh we'd love to kind of do deep dives into that i feel like that's part of our little niche here like in this podcast right is like we can go pretty deep into some like race details 
Um, yeah. So yeah, everyone yeah. feel free to, to send in any requests in that regard so we know where to target it. And uh, geez, other than that, you know what I have not been paying any attention to? The NBA, What's man. That? Not even a little <laughs> bit. After Lamella went down, I don't even know where the Hornets are at. It's yeah, just why been, even watch at this point? It's just been, <laughs> All I care is that the, the, the... I just care that the, the Pistons are protecting the last spot in the, the East, but which I think they're doing a good job still. You can't even and, say, like, the uh, number one draft pick because of the lottery, dude. Oh, my God. The yeah, Hornets are fourth in the East. We've gone on a run since losing Lamelo. This is... This is news to me. I know I'm. A, I know I'm supposed to be a big fan, but uh, we. Wow. I mean, what is this? Three and four, four and mm, four and two in our last six, which is, I mean, one game away from being three and three, but pretty good. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised we're fourth in the East because our record is one game above 500. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Uh, yeah, it- we're only like one game ahead of ninth and or eighth in the East. Yeah, um, it's, pretty tight it seems like. Yeah, it seems like yeah, a lot of people are going to be fighting out for that like set, six, seven, eight. No, seed dude, four, into the four through eight. We're we're six games back of the Bucks, and oh, we're geez. like one game up on the eight seed Celtics. Right, and Celtics are the eight seed. That is, that is concerning for all the talent yeah. there. Now Pistons got the fifteenth uh, spot locked up, I think. You Although they are... just beat the Wizards, I think, which was, you know, not a good move. I don't you guys know what have... they're doing. <laughs> not a good move. <laughs> you guys have fourteen wins. Uh, the Wizards, Magic, and Cavs all have seventeen wins. The Raptors have eighteen, which I didn't realize the Raptors were no longer good at basketball. Uh, disappointing for them, I'm sure, to know that. Other than that, you're not the worst team in the league, though, because the Timberwolves have twelve wins and the Rockets. Dude, the Rockets have 13 wins. End of an era in Houston. That's pretty bad. But the Houston College team in the Final Four, how is your bracket looking at this point? Uh, Bracket's over. I have no uh, possible points remaining. Um, (laughs) Love to see that. But I've solidified myself as second to last in the the Bowerman bracket, so happy that I'm not in last. Um, Does last have any sort of punishment in y'all's league? No, no punishment. Although we all put some money down, so I guess I'm gonna lose 20 bucks but it is what it is um yeah but yeah now i'm gonna i'm rooting for houston my my mom went to houston and ran track there so there you go um yeah i will uh i'll be rooting for houston now i did not know anything about houston basketball uh before the <laughs> tournament except for like they're a fun team to watch 80s, i like, like five slam jamma but yeah good for those yeah, guys yeah. gonzaga looks just better than everyone though truthfully uh so yeah. this will be interesting Unfortunately, that was the upset I picked. I had them losing the very first game to Hartford, and the uh, very first yeah. game. <laughs> I had them losing. This the isn't first Gonzaga game. of like 2015, Grant. <laughs> they win those games now. Yeah, no. Back in the day, a... they were never liable to like stay in it. They could get bounced. In the... This team, like, they were undefeated. You had them losing in the first round. They were due, man. They were due <laughs> they, for a loss. They're still due. I'll tell you what. Yeah, it was a bad call. I mean, clearly, I, I, my bracket's terrible. So I've only got Gonzaga left. I had them winning, picking the overall number one seed, going out on a limb, as I usually yeah. do. I have no one else in there. Uh, my big one was Arkansas over Baylor. I had that all the way right until Arkansas lost in the Elite Eight. Yeah. So that was a, little, that was a little disappointing. I had Michigan beating uh, – I had Michigan as well, and they, they did not quite make it through either. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where we stand on the brackets. I'm in – in our little alumni group, I'm still doing better than you are for sure, but I'm only in fourth. 
you're in ninth. Um, Tough. You even had your team name based on Hartford winning that game. I did. Just everything. Yeah, that was kind of that was the identity of my bracket. And <laughs> Go, gone in Hartford head. let me down, man. Oh my god! I uh, I saw your brother getting food the other day. Not sure if he knew it was me. Uh, waved at him. Was like, hey, and he kind of like looked and then looked again. And was like, hey, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, Mark, what's up? Uh, yeah, glad you guys are bonding. Uh, Stanford men's soccer been crushing it. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've they've been playing super well. So I'm I'm excited for a little uh, little postseason action coming up. Uh, they're wrapping up their season in. in in a little bit so um yeah i'm i'm all in on stanford men's soccer have we said that your brother's on the soccer team here i don't know i don't know yeah he is my my little brother plays for stanford uh he is a center midfielder um been uh been starting every game so i've been really excited to watch uh stanford's been streaming a lot of the the games um and some of some of the matches have been on pac-12 network as well so um Again, a reason why I'm going to be a little biased towards Stanford sports. Uh, Just in case there yeah. wasn't enough there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then the women's basketball into the Final Four. Yep. They're doing great. That, break, that bracket of mine is doing great, my women's bracket. Um, yeah, so maybe I can make some money back there. There you go. I, I, again, no money on the line in my brackets, but money on the line in the Nike brackets, of course. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay, well, uh, are we forgetting anything? Is there anything else you gotta we gotta own up to, or say? I'm trying to, I'm blanking on it, man. No, I have nothing to confess, <laughs> nothing to own up to. I guess that was a weird way to phrase it. <laughs> um, all right, well, in that case, uh, thank you all for listening to another episode. We'll be back next week with you from Park City and myself from a dorm room here at Stanford, uh, going over your first week of altitude and maybe some Stanford invite stuff. Yes, sir. Awesome. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, later, guys.